Thank you for downloading this podcast from Victory Outreach Manchester. We pray that this message will bless your life as you listen. Yes, Lord, we worship you. Lord, we want this year to be a year of encounter with you, O oh God, of relationship, of renewed faith, renewed excitement, renewed strength and power, renewed blessing, O oh God. We come before you today humbly. We come before you openly. We come before you hungrily. We want you this year. We don't want the echo of you. We don't want the intention of you. We want the reality of you this year. Breathe into our lives as we pray. Speak into our hearts as we study. And Lord God, I pray that you would draw on us as we come in community with other people. And may our lives count this year. Lord, we give you glory. And we thank you. Help me, God, to communicate this year you, Jesus, in a way that is life-changing, transformational, and very, very real. This is my worship. We give you glory, oh God, today. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please take your seats. And as you do, turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 26. I'm going to be reading from verse 17 to verse 25. We spoke about some of this on New Year's Eve and about what I believe that God was saying to us as a church, as a ministry here in Manchester uh, this year. And uh, I just want to go over some, some more stuff about this. In Genesis chapter 26, we're reading about the biblical character called Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. He was the one that Abraham took up on the mountain and was getting ready to sacrifice. And then God provided an alternative sacrifice than Isaac. I don't know about you, but being Isaac, that, that would make me a bit twitchy, right? You know, you, you, you're going to be the sacrifice. But Isaac followed in his father's footsteps. And we, we see him following his father Abraham into a place in the, the, what we, we now know as the Middle East. And uh, he came to a place, Abraham had died, and uh, he was in this place, and the Philistines, who are the enemies of God, they were the, the age-old enemies of God, were, were jealous of his blessing. It says in previous, the previous part of the scripture that Isaac sowed in that land and reaped a hundredfold. You know, he, he, he was blessed. I don't know about you. How many of you would like to sow this year and reap a hundredfold? Right? That we get back God's full blessing for our investment. And it's possible. But watch this. The, the Philistines saw it and they, they, they weren't blessed with his blessing. Some people don't understand that when God starts to bless you, there are other people around you that want to pull you down, talk bad about you, they want to mess you up because your blessing highlights their judgment. 
And don't be afraid this year if God starts blessing you and other people start saying, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? What's the matter with you? You're a fanatic. Right? Why are you fasting? Why ain't you clubbing? Why are you not drinking with us? Why don't you do, why do you give to that church? Why are you always there? Why are you praying? Why are you this? Why are you reading? Why are you studying? Why are you telling me about Jesus? Don't be afraid this year. Understand that that puts you in a good place. The blessing of God is what it is that we are looking for. And there's always going to be enemies to that. So what happened was, the king of the Philistines said, listen, you need to go away from here, man. You're messing us up. So he went and he went to a different place. But what he did was very, very intentional, very, very crucial. And it's something that we need to look at for our lives this year. It has prophetic implications for us in the world that we're living in right now. So we take up the story in verse 17. Are you with me? So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley. That, that, that name Gerar means drawn away. It means combat. It means a place that you, 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 you have to be in, but you don't necessarily want to stay in. And he set up their tents and they settled down. Verse 18 is key. He reopened the wells. His father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. He redug his father's wells. The Philistines, who hated him, who, who you know, were, were, were messed up with his blessing, were messed up with his father's blessing. Some of you know Abraham was the father of faith and he was a blessed man, right? God divorced all the nations at the Tower of Babel. Gave them over to the numbers of the sons of God. In other words, angels, principalities started to take over all of those nations. But God said, I'm going to take myself a people and I'm going to start with one man and I'm going to bring him out of where he's at and we're going to begin again. So Abraham was that one man, father of faith, father of many nations. He was blessed. And he dug wells. Wells are very, very important. And they're going to be very important as we go on in this year. But the Philistines stopped him up. So Isaac dug him back up. I'm prophesying right now, and I don't prophesy for no reason, but I'm prophesying right now that we are about in this year to redig some wells, to reopen some places of blessing that our forefathers laid down for us that have been in different years that we've been here, even in Manchester, where we have seen blessing, we have seen breakthrough, we have seen transformation, we have seen healing, we have seen salvation, we have even seen the beginnings of revival. And the enemy has come and tried to block those blessings but we're digging them back up this year. Is there anyone can help me out and say, Amen? We're redigging some stuff. So we began to dig them back up. Isaac also restored the names Abraham had given them. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley, discovered a well of fresh water. Hallelujah. There's always something new that God gives. We ain't going back to something that was. We're redigging concepts. We're redigging paradigms. We're redigging faith moves. But God's going to give us our own move as well. It ain't just about you going back and doing what someone else has done. It's about you remembering what was done and then God giving you something to add value. Oh, you ain't listening to me. 
Then the shepherds from Gerar came, claimed the spring. This is our water, they said. Whenever you get blessed, someone's going to come and try and take the credit. Right? They're going to come and try and take their cut. Try earning more money this year and see if the government don't come and try and tax it. Hello? Right? So that, you know, there's, there's, there was some madness that took place. This is our water, they said. They argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Essek, which means argument. Isaac's men then dug another well, but again there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility or opposition. Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on. This is key. Sometimes you're going to redig some stuff and there's going to be arguments over it. Contention. People are going to argue, why are you doing it like this? Why are you doing it like that? What's happening like this? Don't worry about that. It means that you're in the right place. But don't sit there arguing with stupid people. Someone once said, don't wrestle with a pig. Because you'll both get dirty and the pig will love it. <laughs> Amen? Don't do that. Don't argue with, I don't argue with people. If they're stupid people, I don't argue with them. Are you with me? Because then we both can look stupid in arguing with you. I, I, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to move on. God's got something else. I'm on a journey. If you want to stay there in stupidity, buy it. I'm moving on. He moved on. He dug another well. But there was opposition. There was hostility. There was aggression. There was stuff taking place. Don't get drawn into it. You don't have to get drawn into people's hostility or opposition. Why fight with someone that has got nothing to lose? Are you with me? Just buy. This is the year when you've got to loose toxic people from your life. This is the year where you've got to stop arguing with people that want to pull you down to their level. This is the year you've got to stop fellowshipping with people that don't want to progress spiritually, but want to stay natural and in the flesh. And when they have opposition, when there's hostility, don't get involved in it. Don't fight those battles. Don't die on those hills. They're unnecessary. Move on. Keep going in your journey. Keep walking forward. So he abandoned it. And he moved on and he dug another well. And this time there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said, at last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. Watch this. If you don't get caught up in arguing about stupid things with stupid people, if you don't get caught up fighting battles and wars against people that have nothing to lose and want to stop you from being fulfilled in your life in Christ, and if you keep moving on, eventually you're going to outpace the enemy's ability to over, overtake you, overcome you, overwhelm you. Eventually, if you just keep going forward, you just keep walking in faith, you just keep going and making progress in the right direction spiritually, then you are going to come to a place that the enemy ain't going to be able to reach you. Because God will say no. God will allow you to be tested. Come on, somebody. How many of you have ever been tested? Right? Why does God allow you to be tested? So that when you pass the test, you qualify for what comes next. Are you with me? 
That's why God allows the test. When you're in the test, you're like, oh God, why am I being tested like this? Don't you love me? It's not about him loving you. It's about him trusting you. And we know God loves many of us, but he don't trust all of us. I love you all and I don't trust you all. Are you with me? Trust is a different thing. Trust is something where you know that person's going to do it. They're going to make it happen. They've got your back. Their yes is yes. Their no is no. You know they've got your back and not with a big knife in their hand. So God allows us to go through tests so that we can be trusted in stuff. Because God has so much more for us than we can think, hope or imagine. But there's no point giving a, 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 a Range Rover to someone that never passed their test. There's no point giving a million pounds to someone that's never tithed off their social service money. No point giving someone the ownership of a house who wrecked their rental. Right? God wants to allow you to go through some tests. It's no point God giving you a partner if you ain't even single yet. Can I talk to you like this or should I, should I preach another message? God allowed Isaac to be tested in doing the right things so that he could eventually get to a place where God could bless him with the right things. So he got to this well, Rehoboth, open space, spacious place, prosperous place, place where there's no quarreling, there's no disputes, there's no opposition. He's just there. I don't know about you, but... but I've had this before when I've come to these places at different times, these wells at different times in my life, and you'll circle around and you'll go to different levels and the same thing will be, you know, in different levels of your life. You'll go through the same cycles. And I've come to that spacious place and I can't even believe it. I'm like, what? Everything's so nice. It's so good. I feel good. I even look good in the mirror. I've lost weight. I'm not even dieting. You're just blessed. And then from there, Isaac moved to Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. Understand, God wants us to encounter him in new ways, in fresh ways, in real ways. And you're like, why didn't you turn up when I was having quarreling, when they was all arguing with me, with the stupid people and with the, the hostile, aggressive people? How come you didn't turn up then? God said, who do you think stopped them from attacking you? Who do you think got you to move on? Who do you think was there leading you in the right direction? I was there with you all every step of the way. I just didn't want to make my presence known because it wasn't about me making my presence known. It was about you making your presence known. Sometimes you've got to make your own bones. God's there. He's taking care of business. But he wants you to take care of business. Are you with me? But then... Soon as, he, soon as he got to this new place, there's no, there's no test now. God's got, here I am. Well done. You made it. You kept going. You made it. I am the God of your father, Abraham, he said. I mean, if you know, 
My God is the same as your God, but you need to know your God the same way I know my God. You don't need to know my God, you need to know your God. Does that make sense? Too many Christians have second-hand blessings. Too many Christians want a second-hand anointing. Too many Christians want to get blessed from a sacrifice they never made. And I'm not talking about the sacrifice of Jesus. I'm talking about the sacrifices we make in our own lives as Christians. He said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid. I am with you and I will bless you. I will multiply your descendants. Remember, he's already said that to Abraham. But now he's saying it to his son Isaac. So he's making this covenant personal. This is the year where your blessing has to be personalized. It ain't just about now mine and Vicky's blessing as being pastors of the church. It's not about the pastoral staff's blessing. It's not about the worship team's blessing. It's not about their anointing when they're leading worship. It's about you encountering God while you're worshiping. It's about you being blessed in the way we've been blessed. And our, our descendants... It's about personal encounter with God this year. God wants to show up in your life. He wants to turn up personally. He wants to speak to you. He wants to covenant with you. He wants your allegiance. He wants you to know you have his allegiance. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to know that he is your blesser. That you don't have to gamble. You don't have to go here. You don't have to run there. You don't have to do the lottery. You don't have to co compromise in this area. You don't have to do this. That he will take care of you just as he's taken care of me. He will take care of Isaac just as he took care of Abraham. I will multiply your descendants and they will become a great nation. Well, Isaac's son, Jacob, was the father of the 12 tribes that became Israel. So we know that God's word is true. But he had to faith it. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham. Check it out. This is the way Christianity works. The apostles... Jesus gave his authority to the apostles. The apostles started reaching out to other people. That same blessing and that same inheritance and that same authority started going down through the ages. Here we are right now in our generation, standing for this generation, in the authority of God in this generation, responsible for this generation, and the same blessing that they had, he wants to give to us. Then Isaac built an altar there. When you encounter God, you build, an, you build an altar. It's a place of memory. It's a place of commitment. It's a place of sacrifice. Sacrifice is a word we don't want to use many times. We think it's all muddy, messy and bloody and that. But yeah, it, it's got to be real, right? There's got to be something that is given in a sacrifice. And we don't make sacrifices for our salvation now, but we make sacrifices for other people sometimes. We make sacrifices for future stuff. You can call it an investment if you like. Are you with me? Because that's a little bit less bloody, isn't it? You know, it's not like we, you, know, you pay your tithes or you make an offering and then you cut yourself and pour blood on it. <laughs> Although some of you, that, 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 
You feel like you're bleeding. <laughs> Every time you tap that thing, come on somebody, you press that button and it wirelessly goes from your account into the church's account. It's like, oh, my money. But here's the thing. When you make a sacrifice at an altar, make sure your sacrifice alters you. Otherwise, it ain't a sacrifice. Are you with me? If your sacrifice doesn't alter you, it wasn't a sacrifice. It was a good intention. This can't be the year of good intentions. This has to be the year of blessing. This has to be the year of breakthrough. This has to be the year of renewal. This has to be the year of breakout. He set up camp in that place and his servants dug another well. These wells, man, keep cropping up. And if you want to live well this year, live for Jesus. Make a decision right now. In all my doing, I'm going to do it for you, God. I'm going to live for you, work for you. My relationships are all for you and in you. My work, I'm going to do it unto you, whatever it is. I'm going to glorify you. I'm going to be your vessel. I'm going to be a light that shines. I'm going to image you. I'm going to represent you in all that I do. And then you will live well. Be loyal. Be loyal. Loyal is a word that has gone a little bit fuzzy these days. Come on, somebody. In my granddad's day, loyalty was something that was crucial. You know, he worked for his company for 47 years. Nowadays, people can't work for their company for 47 months. Nowadays, people won't do a job for less than 47 grand. Be loyal. And be filled with his power. Amen? Don't try and do it yourself. Don't fake it till you make it this year. You can't fake it until you make it as a Christian. Because even when you get there, you're still a fake. Hallelujah. You've got to faith it till you make it. But don't fake it till you make it. Can someone say amen? amen? Don't pretend that you're doing good if you're not. Just say, I'm not doing good. And then do whatever you need to do to start doing good. Have faith in Jesus and you'll rise out of that beige comfort zone with its invisible prison bars. Everyone thinks that it's good in the comfort zone, but it's like a cell. I mean, if you know, in prison cells in this country nowadays, you have a TV, you have a bed, you can have your pictures on the wall. Come on, somebody. You can have a kettle. You can make all sorts of prison food. You know there's prison cookbooks. There's all sorts of food that you can make with a kettle. Right? Unfortunately, many of you are eating prison food. 2022, you was eating good. How did you eat last year? Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, but it was all prison food made in a prison kettle, in a prison cell, watching a prison TV on your prison bed. This is the year to break out, brother. This is the year to break out, sister. This is the year because Jesus has opened the door. He said, come out, man. You ain't a captive no more. Don't be captive to your emotions. Don't be captive to your flesh. Don't be captive to your old desires. Don't be captive to your comfort zone. Don't be captive to people's opinions who don't care about you. They'll answer the phone if you want to invite them out, but they won't answer the phone if you have a problem that you want to share with them. Get to this new well, dig a new altar, 
and be free and be the exciting person you were called to be. Let's look at these wells. Isaac came out of a place where he was stuck, he wasn't wanted. You find him moving towards the destination that God wanted him to reach, which is symbolic of our lives. And on his journey, he began to uncover the wells of life-giving faith that his father Abraham had dug. Abraham is that faith figure that we need to be looking at, wherever it is. And his life shows us what ours could be because his promise comes down to us. But it's important to understand that Isaac had to make progress. And progress is a process. Now this year, people want everything to happen straight away. That's why people make stupid resolutions, right? And then they don't lose a stone in the first three weeks. Come on, somebody. They're not running a marathon by February from couch to marathon. They're not, you know, they're not married by March. They're not got the job of their dreams by April. Come on, somebody. And so they quit. Right? Now, maybe, you know, this, this progress that God wants us to make is more like a marathon. It's more like, you know, start off by running slowly, but keep running. Don't start by sprinting and then getting completely worn out, lose all your breath, get cramped, and then have to quit. So understand, this year, the things that we're putting into place are going to last all year. This is a year-long event. It speaks of consistency. It speaks of loyalty. It speaks of faithfulness. It speaks of turning up. It speaks of being present. It speaks of keeping going. It speaks of endurance. It speaks of all of those things that are very unsexy, to, to, to use a, a worldly term. Right? But they're spiritual. Sometimes you'll hit the wall. You'll encounter jealousy. You'll encounter arguments. You'll encounter opposition to what you're trying to do. The answer is simple. Keep moving on. Keep going forward. Keep pressing on. Keep taking steps of faith. Look for the next well. Because if stuff like that happens, you can be sure you're on the right track. Once you start doing good and other people start trying to do bad to you, then you know that you're doing good. God's pleased with you. Listen, if the enemy doesn't notice you, then you are irrelevant. I went really quiet there. Faith living in this world is always going to be against the run of things. Because this fallen world system is one of control that seeks to ultimately destroy people. That's what, that's what it's all about. From your earliest years through your educational years, you know, they're trying to keep you in the, in, 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 in the collective, right? They're trying to train people for the matrix, for want of a better word. You hear that word a lot lately. The system, right? They want people that are employed that pay tax so that they can do what they want. They keep you bound, right? How many of you know God wants to set you free? There's nothing wrong with working. There's nothing wrong with paying tax. But be free in your mind and understand that God wants you to be blessed. So keep moving on. God's way of progress through faith is one of freedom to be the person that you were created to be in his image. That doesn't mean that you're going to look like me. Hopefully you won't look like me. Hallelujah. You'll be more blessed than that. I'm looking around right now. I'm glad I don't look like some of you. 
Amen? Especially the ladies. Glory to God. I want to look like a man. Come on, somebody. Right? Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Don't compare yourself to how big their house is, what car they've got, what clothes they wear, what, what, what job they've got, what salary they've got. Don't, don't compare your teeth to theirs. Don't compare your hair to theirs, your nails to theirs, or whatever. Don't compare this year. Be yourself and be for real and be the image that God wants you to be and stand in your place, get in your lane, take care of your part of the harvest, deal with the thing that God wants you to deal with and then if every one of us does that, then we will see God's blessing move, we will see God's power fall, we will see revival come, we will see the picture get clearer because all of the pixels are in the right place. And then eventually you're going to come to the place where you're free. And that means free to express God's life in your own true and authentic way. If you're, if you're creative, you can create. If you're meticulous, you can detail stuff. If you're administrative, then manage things. If you're a leader, lead. If you're a worshiper, worship. If you're a, a, a giver, give. Whatever it is. If you're an outreacher, go out. If you're a prayer, pray. But you will be free to do that. That's the, con the culmination of spiritual progress. And it comes over time as you faithfully continue to grow towards the potential that God has set up for you. I'm going to look at three things that wells are real quick. Are you ready? Because this concept of well digging has real meaning and blessing for us in 2023. Wells represent supply and provision. Wells symbolize life. For nomads in a desert... It was life. If you didn't hit a well at a certain time, then life weren't going to be well for you. Come on now. You were going to die. In fact, maps of the desert went by, they didn't go by the way the crow flies. It wasn't north or west. It was well by well, oasis by oasis. It was life source, water courses, places of water. And that was where they knew that their life was going to be sustained. There was going to be resource. There were going to be things there that were going to help them on their journey. Water represents the things that benefit your life, including your health and your financial situation. I don't know about you, but there are going to be, for me, I'm telling myself this right now. I, even if I go through desert times this year, I know that my God will take me to another well. And when I need it, if I haven't got enough, my God will take me to a place and there will be a well there and I will draw from the well and I will have more than enough for my needs. How about you? I believe my health will be well. I believe my finances will be well. Do you believe that? Because God is the one who gives us this. A well is also more than just water and life and resource. It's a symbol of a thriving community. Because if a community had a well, that's why there were so many arguments with the Philistines and that over the wells and the men of Gerar over the wells because whoever had the well knew that their whole community was going to thrive. And you knew that if there was a thriving community, it meant that there was a life-giving well. I don't know about you, but there's some wells we need to redig. There's some wells that we've had that were stopped up and blocked up. But this year, baby, we're redigging the wells. We are going to see community thrive. We're going to see lives blessed. We're going to see relationships rise up. 
and become stronger. Community, thriving community is something that God desires, but there are things in this world that do not want communities to thrive. They want isolation. They want autonomy. They want everyone to do what it is that they want to do. They want everything to be subjective because if they can keep people separated, they can stop people from thinking and reacting and acting and even questioning what it is they're being told. Just keep everyone. Give them enough just so they're happy in their own little box. Keep them in their cell. Give them enough. But don't let them come out and start to riot and start to question and start to protest against the, the overarching opposition. Life is best lived in relationship and community. You realise that? Best lived in community. Best lived in relationship. Moses met his wife Zipporah at a well. Come on now. Isaac's servant went out before him and went to a well and met a woman called Rebecca that became Isaac's wife. Met him at a well. They met him at a well. Some of you this year, you're like, this is my year. Well, maybe you need to redig a few faith wells and get a little bit more faith back in your life and start to look a little bit more hydrated spiritually. Who needs Botox when you got living water? Come on, somebody. Who needs fillers and uplifts and plumper lips when you've got the living water that makes you look godly, that makes you look like you're holy, that makes you look like you've got something going on spiritually? Who needs a six-pack when you're robed in righteousness? Ain't no one looking at your six-pack anyway. They're looking at the robe that you wear. Is it righteous? You might have a six-pack, but it might be unrighteous. You just wanting someone to flatter their eyes at you and run off with you into the darkness and do deeds that God does not approve of. You've only got that six-pack to attract the opposite sex. Or even the same sex. But God wants you to be robed in his righteousness. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we put, I mean, be healthy, man, but come on. Huh? I want to be robed in righteousness. I want to be robed in righteousness. When you look at me, I don't want you to look at me as someone, oh, man, how many times does he work out at the gym? Look at his guns. Look at his six-pack. He looks fit. He looks fine. Look at him. I'm the pastor. I'm a holy man. I want you to look at me and say, he's a man of faith. He's righteous. I could trust him. He's a man of the word. He's a man of prayer. The other stuff, I've got it anyway, but it, I don't want you to see it. Not only does God provide the resources you need, but he's also a God of relationship. And he'll give you the right people at the right time to come into your life in strategic partnerships. Number two, wells are symbolic of refreshing and revival. For us today, this really means reestablishing healthy spiritual patterns. Someone once said, the reality that you're in now 
is a perfect result of the habits that you have. Shall I say that again? The place that you're at now in life is the perfect result for the habits that you have. So wherever it is that you're at, if you're not satisfied with it, have a look at your habits. Huh? I don't connect with God. God don't speak to me. When was the last time you read your Bible? I haven't encountered God's presence for a while. When's the last time you stuck on a bit of worship music, not in church, and worship the Lord? Well, you know, I'm not really sure of my relationship with God. When's the last time you prayed properly, consistently, for more than 15 minutes? Come on, somebody. At night or before a meal. You pray more about God, don't get me fat after eating this, than you do about God, make me fit to serve you. Re-establish some habits. Look at the people you were associating with in the last season of your life. Were they all healthy? Are they all in church? Are any of them in church? Do they speak well of God and of other people? Or are they the ones that are always moaning and complaining and whining and blaming? Because whoever you're around and whatever you're doing is going to give you the result that you have. Well, you, have you never got enough? When was the last time you gave? When was the last time? I, I spoke to a, a guy, he had mo mo money problems. So he started gambling. He had money issues. He's a Christian. He had money issues. And he started going down to bookies and betting on the horses. Check that out. He said, because, you know, I've won before and I thought that I could win and then I'll be able to pay off all my stuff and I'll be able to take care of business and get back in the game. I said, what's the matter with you? Huh? I said, instead of gambling, why don't you give your money to God? Why don't you sow a seed, man? You want to harvest? Are you with me? When do, when do you ever see farmers outside fields betting with each other as to what crop's going to grow in that field? Oh, I put 50 quid, that corn's going to grow there. Are you with me? They're not doing that. They're out sowing in the field. They're plowing the field. They're sowing the field. They're waiting for the seed to grow. And then when the seed grows, they go and harvest the field. You want to be blessed financially? Start sowing financially. Prayer. Fasting. Bible study. Consistent, generous giving, sharing your experiences of faith with others, serving in ministry. All these things are renewed as you redig those wells. They get blocked up. Even mine get blocked up. The world comes and just blocks it up. Stuff comes and blocks it up. Come on, somebody. Emotions come and block it up. Sickness comes and blocks it up. Time comes and blocks it up. Vladimir Putin invades Ukraine, blocks up another well. Someone else does this, blocks up another well. An American president comes in, blocks up another well. Someone comes in as prime minister, blocks up another well. Someone comes in as this, blocks up another well. Life happens. And even the most holy spiritual people, their wells can get blocked. Are you with me? Things happen, right? So go back and start redigging the wells. If you value what it is wells give you, then redig the wells. Make sure they're clean of debris. And then this will lead on to the next thing that will bless your life. Last thing. Worship team, you want to come back. Wells are places of encounter with God. When Isaac arrived, 
at Beersheba, which means the well of the oath, the well of completion, the well of seven, actually. Like seven is completion, seven oaths, complete. Place of fulfillment. That place where you're free, you're starting to live fulfilled, you're starting to be who it is that God wants you to be. You're in that place, you know, that sweet spot. You made an altar. And an altar is a place where you sacrifice your own ability as an act of worship. And you acknowledge that God is the source of all your supply. You give honor to him at the altar. And then what happens is, when you do that, you're positioning your well to become a place of encounter with the living God. That's what I'm praying for this church in 2023. There's lots of things that we're praying for. There's, there's things that we want in, in, in terms of provision and growth and new leadership rising up and new people coming in, new souls being saved, new opportunities. We pray that all the time. But this year, I've got one particular prayer that I'm really praying for you guys and for me as well, for all of us in this church, is that this will be a year, 2023, when we encounter the living God. I'm talking about where you experience Him in reality, where you, you, you come into a presence of His that is so real and so thick that it changes your life forever, where you come into a place and an atmosphere and an environment and you have a mindset where you come before him and you are hit with his reality, with his glory, with his holiness, and you can never be the same again. You're on your knees, you're on your face. Your life is different. Where you become ruined and wrecked from ever being normal and natural again, but you just know that God... I want us to encounter God this year. I want us to see him as the real and amazing and loving and transformational person that he is. He's not an angry God. He's not an absent God. He's not someone that can't be trusted. He's not someone that can't be known. He's imminent. He's part of his creation as well as being beyond it. And we can access him. Because when you encounter God for yourself, not just through me or my faith, not just through the preacher or his faith or her faith or through the worship team or the worship leader or for someone else, not your parents' faith or your brother's faith or your spouse's faith, it's no one's like that. When you encounter God for yourself, everything changes. And you get well. And then when you're well, you live well. Stand with me. I want us to encounter God right now. You can encounter him even if you're at home. Although you'll encounter him different, but he's still the same God. And he can encounter you individually, but he also wants to encounter us. And sometimes it's a different kind of encounter corporately but God wants to encounter us you have to make a decision man this is the first Sunday of 2023 what do you want this year to be like do you want it to be like all the last years do you want it to be like the, the year of regret do you want it to be like the year of 
unfulfillment? Do you want it to be like a year of, oh man, I missed it? Do you want it to be a year of, well, I'm not sure? Do you want it to be a year of lack? Do you want it to be a year of want? Or do you want it to be a year of Rehoboth? A year of freedom, a year of the spacious place, a year where you come before Him, a year of fulfillment, where you make your oath before God and you create that altar and you say at that altar, I am sacrificing my, my dreams, my, my gifts, my abilities, my doubts, my fears, everything. I'm sacrificing it on this altar right now, oh God, and I want my life to be altered. I want to see a change this year. I want to see a shift this year. I want to see progress. I want to be fulfilled. I want to be restored. I want to be renewed. I want to be blessed. If that's you, when the worship team sing, I want you to come out and just make an altar right here before the Lord. Come out individually and, 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 and just come and just say to God, here I am. For this year, I come before you. I sacrifice my dreams, my ambitions. My, I sacrifice my fears, my shame, my pain, my guilt. My favorite things I lay down before you. God, take what it is that you want. Give back what it is that benefits me. Because this year, God, I want to be the best that I can be. Come on, right where you're at. Make your choices. Make your decisions. You can have an amazing thing, but if God's not in it, it ain't going to go far. You can have an amazing life, but if God's not in it, then there's something missing. You can do stuff that's good, but if God ain't in it, it ain't going to be the thing that God wants it to be. But when you say, Jesus, here I am. I'm going to redig wells. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to pray like I've never prayed. I'm going to start being faithful and generous and giving and loving and kind. I'm going to be present. I'm going to be available. I'm going to be who you want me to be. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be all those scary things. I'm going to be consistent this year. But I need your grace. I need you to come. And tell me that you'll be with me just as you was with the people that have gone before me. I know you bless them, but God, will you bless me? That's the prayer you need to pray. Be real to me in the same way you were real to them. Come on, begin to pray that right now. Begin to make that a prayer. Lift that up before God. Victory Outreach Manchester is a family in the city and we are here for you. Visit us every Sunday in person at the church building or live on Facebook and YouTube at 10am. Go to our website vomanchester.org.uk for more information.